What's up, guys? Liat here. I wanted to tell you guys about a new product we have in the Study Notes ABA shop. What is it? It's not any candle. It's the candle. We created the most amazing candle with all the behavior principles incorporated in it. So if you're studying, this is a great thing to set that stimulus control of your study environment while you're studying. You get a preference assessment of your container style. The containers were designed specifically that they're cute containers that you could wash out after and use for your pens. We have this whole thing set up with a reinforcer at the bottom. When you burn both literally and metaphorically through the candle at the end of your studying, you'll get the prize, AKA calming mentalistic crystals. So check it out on our website. Go to studynotesaba.com. We know you'll love it. Study Notes ABA. ABA in a little X rated away. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. And we are here with episode 79. All right, Casey, what do you have for us today with episode 79? Okay, I have a good one, I think. Episode 79, look in the mirror and say, damn, I'm fine. All right, I think Casey did that because I think she has a crush on our guest today that we're having. She literally (laughs) cannot stop talking about how gorgeous he is, and here he is. Um, We are excited. This is someone that Casey knew and set us up with, and we're so happy this could happen. This person is just carries a lot of BDE, great energy. You'll see them on Instagram. We'll put that in the show notes. But first, it's time to give ourselves some reinforcement. We like to start with some pairing of reinforcement. So Casey, what do the people have to say about us today? I'm going straight into the DMs from Instagram, giving the DMs a little bit of love today. Uh, This girl, Danielle Gonsalves, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong and I apologize. Um, She goes, hi guys, I'm an IBI therapist in Toronto and I'm currently in my second year of my master's to become a BCBA. I wasn't sure where I can leave a review on Spotify, so I wanted to send a personal message. I stumbled across your account and started listening to your podcast this week. I have never really been into podcasts in the past, but after the first episode, I have been hooked. I am on episode seven already and it's only been a couple of days. I truly love listening to your podcast and connecting with all the different themes and topics you have covered so far. Thank you for being raw, honest, helpful, funny, educational, and wonderful. All I want to do is listen to your podcast all day long. I feel like I have learned so much already. Keep kicking ass out there as BCBAs. I just wanted to send some love and positive reinforcement. Take care. So sweet. Thank you for that message. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is so sweet. And Casey and I are always in shock when people say things like, I just wish I could listen to it all day long. And now that Spotify has started coming out with people's like top five listening things, how many minutes you spent listening to what podcast, you know, we love that data, but we're like, oh my God, they really listened to us. We can't believe this. So thank you guys so much. It means the world and it reinforces our behavior. And so we are still podcasting 79 episodes later. Anyways, it is time to get into today's show. We're super pumped. And Casey, can you tell us a little bit about our guest today? Yes, I can. I'm so excited. So I've got a, you know, typical bio on Trayvon, but 
he is someone who was an intern at the organization nonprofit that I worked for, um, for adults with autism. And he was in his undergrad, um, I think it was for um, human development, family studies and human development. And he was just this force of a person. I mean, he made our adults that are, they were, you know, had a lot of um, like, you know, issues with communication and behavioral issues and just having him there made them so calm. It like, it was just amazing to see such an amazing person. And this was probably, oh God, three and a half years ago. I, you know, loved our time together. We had such, we laughed. He was just, he brought light into the center. And um, I've since been following him on Instagram and he has an Instagram. And if you're not following, following, talking with Trey, you are missing out on the best shit in the world that will light a fire under your ass, make you feel like you can do anything like become president. Okay. It is so true. But let me just back up and give you a little bit of info on him. Um, and then he can talk all about himself because it's just so he's wonderful. But so Trayvon Bryant, he was born in St. Augustine, Florida. He attended Pedro Mar um, Mendez High School. He was a high caliber athlete receiving six football scholarships to play division one football. That is badass. He committed to the University of New Hampshire. Whoop, whoop. You guys know that's my alma, alma mater. Alma, you know, alma I can't pronounce shit. So. Alma mater. Yeah, there we go. Alma mater. Um, where, <laughs> where he set records in being named the strongest athlete pound for pound in UNH athletic history. He also became the first two-time team captain. Trayvon had dreams. He wanted to play in the NFL, right? But guess what? Life happens. He had a horrible knee injury, traumatic. He literally tore everything you can tear in a knee all in one <laughs> snap. And I think when he came to my center to work, he had, it was pretty close. He was still in a knee brace for part of it. Yeah. Okay. I remember this. So he was forced to take a medical red shirt, um, take a whole year off to come back. Um, he came back for a fifth year to complete his eligibility as a division one athlete. During that time, he started a two years master's degree program. I remember when he started, I was so proud of him. Um, and that was in adolescent development. So he has his undergrad from UNH and his master's. Um, Trayvon has always had a passion for youth and their development. After completing his fifth year of football at the university, Trayvon completed his master's. And then he started working as an academic advisor. Then he transitioned to where he's now, or he was a hall director. Or no, he is a hall director now. Yeah. And I'll let him talk all about that. Um, and so while he's been doing this, he's also been creating this brand talking with Trey and motivational speaking and inspiring people. Um, you inspire me every day, and I just am so happy to have you here. So welcome to the show, Trayvon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So happy to be here. Yes, it's been, I, we had our Zoom. We hadn't seen each other in a couple years, and I always would message him like whenever he'd post a video and just be like, oh, I needed this today. How do you know this? Like, I needed that talk. I needed that um, inspiration, and I've just been watching you, and I'm like, yeah, you're doing big shit. So I needed you to know that. I'm like, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So let's start. Just tell them um, a little bit about your experience with that injury and kind of your journey through that. Yeah. So um, so as you, as Casey said before, um, you know, growing up as an athlete, I've always had the dreams of becoming a pro NFL player. And it was just, you know, football was everything for me. And I wanted to... Um, you know, take my family to another level when it came to, to finances. And so, you know, when I got the opportunity to play division one football, it was like the biggest thing ever for me. And, you know, going 
into my senior year, I was like, you know, this is my last year. This is my last opportunity to really showcase my talent to these NFL coaches. And, you know, they're coming out to the practice and stuff. And it was just great. And so, you know, we get into the spring practice and it was literally the day before Well, during this during that time. It was the day before Easter and it was our last practice of the week. And we get to go home with our families or nearby families. And it was Oh my God, it was so crazy. I always get chills even just thinking about it. But, um, you know, just to put it into perspective. So we were in practice and we were running some plays. I get the ball from the quarterback. I run through the hole. The safety fits down. We collide. It sounded like two Mack trucks. It was just so loud. We collide. And as we hit each other at at the line of scrimmage, we begin to run laterally to the left side. And I know in my head that I need to gain yardage right to move the ball forward so in my head my original plan was to plant my left leg into the ground and to throw the safety off to me and to keep running forward but what ended up happening was as i began to plant my foot into the ground linebacker came from my right side he tipped my hip which altered my body and twisted it my foot got stuck in the ground my body weight the linebacker's body weight and the safety's body weight all went over it just snapped and the film of it was just so weird it was so crazy but it was my knee just erupted in pain and I was on the ground. I was yelling, I was screaming, everything slowed down. And literally at that moment, I knew that my life had changed forever. Um, I felt like, you know, every everything that I worked for, all the hard work that I put in, the extra workouts, the staying up late, um, looking at my playbook and staying up late, making sure that I get my work, my schoolwork done and, you know, staying on top of my academics, just all the hard work that I put in from high school all the way up to then, it was just it seemed like it was all for nothing. And then I began to question myself. I began to question God, you know, what was the reason for all of this success up until this moment? Mm-hmm. Because I knew for a fact that something had happened bad. Um, I've never been injured before. I was always healthy. I was always super fit. And this was the first injury that I've ever experienced. And so I knew something right away was wrong. Um, and so once we get the report back, you know, they're telling me you tore your ACL, your MCL, your medial and lateral meniscus and your patellar tendon all in one. And I'm like, how in the world am I going to come back from this? Like, this is not just a normal ACL tear. And so knowing that I was going into my fifth year of eligibility or to my last year of eligibility, it was a possibility that I wasn't going to be able to come back and play. And so um, for a couple months, I thought that I had lost my senior year. And so I really was depressed and um, just experienced a lot of depression. Um, And then it, you know, I, I ended up getting granted that fifth year because I didn't redshirt my freshman year. I played right away. And so they were, the NCAA were able to grant me that fifth year back. And once I got that news, you know, it kind of gave me a little bit of more motivation to, you know, get up and, and get going. And, you know, talking to the doctors, they were saying like, this is going to take a full year recovery because you have more than just one ligament that you've torn and this is going to be hard to come back from. And so literally from that day, um, you know, I prayed and I prayed and I was just like, you know, God, if you give me the opportunity to come back and to play the game that I love and to make the impact that I know that I can make on this team with being the first two-time team captain, I like, I promise that I will give it my all. Um, and even just giving me the ability to even just walk again, you know, being a, being a, an elite athlete, being able to do a lot of different things. When you get something like that taken away from you, it just kind of, it really bothers you, right? Like I'm used to running and jumping and lifting heavy weights and now I can't even walk, you know? So it was really a change of life for me. And so I literally went through therapy every single day for about an hour and a half, um, just working my tail off on trying to get my uh, muscle growth back and trying to get my range of motion back. I had so much scar tissue built up in my quad that I couldn't even bend it. 
Um, and that was the worst part was breaking up the scar tissue. So I would literally have to go into the training room every single day. Oh. My trainer would lay me on my stomach. She would grab my ankle. She would bend my knee up and put her weight into my leg to bend it. And I would have to hold it for two minutes. And for those two minutes, I can feel the scar tissue just slowly ripping. And it was just like someone had fire lit under my quad and was just holding it there for two minutes. And we did that multiple times. And it was it was painful. I mean, I cried, I yelled, I did everything. And it was just like, at that moment, my reason why of going through that every single day was just so much bigger than everything in the world that it didn't matter to me what I had to do in order to get back onto the field. And so, you know, trying to be a, a tough football player, like all that stuff was out of the window. You know what I mean? Like all the cute girls from the volleyball team and basketball team, they're all in there. You know, I used to try to play tough, but like at this moment, I didn't care who was around. Like there was something, there was a mission that I had to complete in order to get back to where I wanted to be. And so I cried and mm -hmm. I cried and cried and, and I just, I didn't care because I knew what I had to do. And once I got through that and I began to run again and I began to take those steps to show a little bit of um, progression, it was all uphill from there. But even through that whole process, I experienced a lot of depression, a lot of depression where, you know, there was just some times at night where, you know, I wanted to give up and I was just like, you know, there's no point in doing this. Like I'm never going to be the same athlete that I was before. Or, you know, I kind of felt like I was an outcast. Like the coaches weren't treating me the same because I was hurt, you know, and, and even my, even my teammates, like who started off being so helpful, like, it started to seem like they were not helpful anymore and didn't want to help me anymore. And, and it wasn't that, you know, obviously they have their own things and own stuff to worry about, but it was just like, you know, I kind of felt like at one point I was just by myself. And so. But you uh, lost who you were, you lost yeah, your, your identity. I lost my identity. I lost my, my job, my motivation. Like I just, it, I just wasn't the same. I didn't talk to people anymore. Like I was just, there were days where I just, you know, I had my highs and there were days where I had my lows and, um, and I really sunk down into a, a, a dark place of depression to where I began to have these conversations in my head where I didn't even know if it was me talking or if it was something else, you know, talking and, and just really like downplaying myself and, you know, you'll never be this, you'll never be that. And it wasn't meant for you to, you know, be an NFL player and all this stuff. And so that was like the biggest battle for me. And once I got through that, I believe, you know, I, I began to see where the path of my life was really going. And so although my dream and my passion was to become an NFL player, there was something bigger for me. And I didn't realize that until I began to talk about my experience and talk about my, my injury. And the way talking with Trey happened, it was just so, it was so weird because I used to talk to my, I used to talk to my friends about what I was feeling on the inside. And you know, I would have times where I would just break down and cry and just be very emotional. And then got to a point to where I could read the energy around the room and I could tell that people didn't really want to hear what I had to say or they didn't have the time or the energy to sit and listen to what I was feeling, what I was going through. And so what I would do is, you know, at night, and this is once I got better, I was walking, I wasn't on crutches anymore or whatever, um, but I was still having the mental battle. Um, I would just go and sit in the car and I would literally just talk to myself and I would have conversations about life. Like I would even just start thinking about my childhood and things that I went through with my family and financial situations. Like I just started reflecting on everything and I would have these conversations by myself and I would stay in the car for hours just talking. And then I began to think like, yo, Trey, you're having some really good conversations right now that can be beneficial to a lot of people because I'm sure you're not the only person dealing with it right now. And mm -hmm. so one day I just picked up my phone and I recorded one of my conversations of me talking to myself and I posted it on my Instagram story 
And the amount of feedback that I got from people who were just like, wow, you know, this was very touching. This was uplifting. Thank you so much for sharing this. Mm-hmm. It just kind of like, it was like, that was the beginning of talking with Trey. And I just began to do it. And now, you know, it's developed into the platform that I have today. And it's just talking about real life situations and, you know, just, like I said, just talking about real life situations of like what people were dealing with, because it's kind of like a lot of times, you know, and especially as a man, like trying to hold that persona of like being tough and being strong and not showing emotions. Like, I think that's what really ate me up, ate me up a lot. But then I felt like I was brave enough to, you know, show those emotions online. And and that is what allowed me to, to progress further because I was able to express those feelings and I was able to, to get positive feedback from people and to see that, you know, like this is something that we all go through as men and women. And, and we need people to talk to. And so, you know, I think it's kind of crazy how like, you know, people will tell you, oh, like this person's talking to himself or talking to herself, like that's crazy, that's weird. But in reality, it's the best thing that you can ever do. Like we need to have more and more conversations with ourselves and to think about what we're talking about and to process it. And I think that is what will allow us to be more open and having conversations with others when we develop that relationship with ourselves. And so I think my injury really allowed me to hone in onto myself and to find out who I am as Trayvon Bryant and to really be able to express myself in any way possible, whether it's through sports or whether it's through my job or whether it's through my motivational speaking. Um, that's what allowed me to to really open up and to, you know, talk about my experiences. But not just my experiences, but to look at others' experiences and to be able to give them a different perspective um, of how to go through certain things. Because I I think that my situation of, you know, not becoming the NFL player who I wanted to be, like, it was a, it was a different perspective that I had to look at the situation from in order to come out and still be successful. So, yeah. yeah. You are just, I just want to say when I met you and you you were probably in this state of these lows, depressed, the injury, you were still recovering and it never showed. You were always just showed up, you know, didn't bring your baggage to work. You were there, you were present. Um, and just one, I just want to pull in one, a couple of behavior principles, but you had said like, you started making these videos, right. And people started liking them. Right. So like you continue to do it more in the future, right. Your behavior was positively reinforced. Cause you're like, that's just like the podcast here. Right. When we get reviews, when we get likes and people reach out and share their stories, like Casey, thank you so much for talking about your childhood and your trauma. And like Liat, thanks for sharing your fingertips falling off story. And like, you know, these horrible things that like we've both gone through, it makes you real and relatable. And it's like, it's our, it's our mission here at this for this podcast and for our platform is to make people feel like they're not alone. And like, not even if you see on Instagram and you're looking at, you know, talking with Trey and he's just like, and you're like, I don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. How does he do this? Like, it wasn't always like that. Right. Like you had to crawl yourself through and, you know, change your own behavior and your own mental mind thinking. And I think that's the hardest thing is the mind, right? You can tell your shit, some crazy shit, like that private verbal behavior that you have going on in here is brutal and it does reflect in all the outward behaviors that you end up seeing from people because this mind is trust me it's a battle like and also what just while we're tacting behavioral principles here um just hearing about the mo i know we talk about it a lot in our classes in terms of like what's your why like why are you doing this and when you were talking trey my heart i literally felt it sink into my stomach because I think a lot of people listening, so I just want to clarify this for anyone listening, is probably thinking like, 
oh yeah, like I twisted my ankle when I was drunk at the bar and um, I couldn't work out for like a month and it sucked because like that's totally my outlet. I, like, I think it's important for people to realize like this was your entire identity. This is what you were going to do. The same way that someone goes to law school or goes to medical school to dedicate their life to doing this, this was you. This was going to be your career. This was your, and now it's gone. And, you know, Casey mentioned that, you know, I had like a crazy incident where my body completely turned against me and three of my fingers froze off over a couple of months. And I mean, I couldn't dress myself. I couldn't do this. And I just was so, fr I, I lost me. I couldn't be a teacher anymore. That's all I wanted to do. And so when you have to refine yourself, it fucking sucks. And <laughs> it, it eat, like, and now when you come out on the other side, you could talk about it. But for you to share this story, and it is so empowering, and it's it's what's created our entire brand of me sharing my why and having to reinvent yourself as a person. And it it sound, and I always say, like, I sound all strong now on the other side, but let me tell you, like. There was many times I just wanted to end my life, and thank God my thing, my hands didn't work, so I couldn't. <laughs> um, it was literally not possible. I had to have like my mom. I had to have my mom write my reasons I should die list on paper because I my hands didn't work. But I remember the one thing always saying is like when I was trying to like reinvent for myself to do things, I had to look into my other skills. Like what other things do I have in my repertoire that I could look at? Because for so long, I mean, not that I was any model, but like it has affected me physically a lot. Right. And I was like, okay, now I got to like, now I got to hone in on my brain. I got to hone in on my personality because these other things I could do. So I, just refinding yourself is really, 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 really hard. Yeah. So I, I think it's awesome that you share it and vulnerability is power. People respect you and you help so many people so much more when you share vulnerability. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. And I, and I think that's the, that's the beauty of life is being able to refine yourself and to grow. And I think that's what we're supposed to do. We're always supposed to be growing. We're always supposed to be elevating and changing. Um, and, and going back to what you were saying about finding your why, and a lot of people, you know, they, they get into this position where they lose motivation or they just, they hit a brick wall and they just feel like, okay, like I've been motivated. I've, I've been doing this hard work, but like now I'm just in a position where I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I can't move left. I can't move right. Like, what do I do? And it's like, you always have to revert back to that reason why. And that reason why has to be bigger than you. It has to have a, a deeper meaning than just you. Right. And so. And, and like, like I say, like with you, Leah, like you wanted to give up. Like you said, sometimes you you thought about like just not even having your life, but it's just like, there's somebody who's depending on you to make it through your situation in order to show them that there's still hope in this world and that they can also fight through. And so it's like, even, even if you don't have anyone specifically looking up to you, there's somebody who's always watching you. There's somebody who mm -hmm. knows who you are and knows what you're going through. And so they're going to pay attention to see how do you react through your situation. And depending on how you react, it's going to show them, A, you can get through anything in life, or B, you just give up. You know what I mean? Like it, mm -hmm. it, And so it's like finding your why. Your why has to be a lot, like I said, it has to be a lot bigger and it has to have a, a meaning 
uh, a deeper meaning than just being all about you. Serve a greater um, purpose. Yeah, serve a greater purpose. And and for me, my why was to, for one, it was just I, I had to make my mother proud. Like my mother, she... So you come from a family, You I know this about you a little bit. You were uh-huh. raised basically your mother and you got sisters, right? Yep. Yep. So I, and that it shows how you treat women 150%. Like, exactly. and mm-hmm. so, I mean, my mom sacrificed so much and she, I, I, it's, it's, it's insane of how much she sacrificed mm-hmm. um, for my sisters and I, and I just felt like I owed her the world. And so it was like, I need to be successful academically and athletically in order to just give her a break. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the second part was to, start a new path for my family right and so getting my master's degree i i became the first person in my family to receive a master's degree and so that to me is changing generations like changing the path of different generations because now that i did it and my little cousins and you know little sisters are coming up now that they saw that big brother or big cousin did it that gives them the motivation to also pursue it and to show them that we've we all come from the same place and i wouldn't mm-hmm. So you can too. And so, you know, even, I even think about the students that are back at my high school who still look up to me and stuff. It, it gives them the motivation to do it. So it was, there was a bigger purpose to why I was doing what I was doing. It wasn't just for me. I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking of, oh, I want people to applaud me for walking across the stage. I want the people who come up after me to be like, Trayvon did it so I can do it too. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I want the people who came before me who tried to do it, attempted to do it, but wasn't able to do it to be proud and said, and say, Thank you for doing it to right, the right way. Thank you for showing our community how they can still be successful and how it, they can make the decisions to 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 grow and, and be something bigger and better than what their parents were. And so, like that was my reason why, and like it, it just drove me. It it just drove me, and I've never been one to quit. I've never been one to give up. I've had my battles. Um, I've I've fallen plenty of times, but it's making that decision of will you complete it? Will you finish it? And once you make that decision to do it, like you, you just have to do it. You have to go for it. And, and, and the crazy thing is you, you can't be mad at the results you get for the work that you didn't put in. And that is like one of my daily quotes that I listen to every single time, like every single day, every single day I wake up, I get up and I read it. It's on my whiteboard. And it just reminds me that every day that I wake up, whether I'm just going to work or whether I'm going to work out, Whenever those results come in, whatever the results it is that I'm looking for, whatever results come in, you cannot be mad at the results you get for the work that you didn't put in. And so, you know, for the students who are going to be taking their tests, if you didn't put in the time to study, if you didn't put in the time to do whatever it is that you need to do in order to prepare for this test or whatever it is in life that you're completing, whatever results you get, don't you can't be mad at anybody but yourself for not putting in the work. And so... I live by that every single And you know what else I love that we talked about is you talked, I I was like, what lights you up? And you're like, you know, the process, right? It's Mm -hmm. a, it's not just the results, right? It's the process. So you loving the process and taking ownership of that process. And I was relating it to studying and how it's such a process. It is Mm -hmm. tiring. You have to give up and sacrifice all your social life, all your, your, you know, spouse. You can't spend any time with anyone except for your Cooper book and studying, right? It's like crazy to study for this exam. And so embracing that process, right? And, mm-hmm. and 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 not just thinking about that end result, which is huge, but really the process of all of that. And I love that you had said that. I'm like, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. The process is everything. I mean, the process is, like I said, it it, 
gives you that time and it gives you that option to really hone into yourself and to really find some, I don't know, like it, it, it just gives you that extra push, right? And so when you do reach the success level that you want to reach, like you can say like, I did this. And, and it's crazy because people only see the ending result and they never see the process of what you go through. Yes. And it's that process yes. that you and not the certificate that you get at the end, right? It's the process that makes you the winner because even when we achieve something, there's always something next. And and I and I say that because I have a high school coach who gave me this perspective and, and I'm so glad that he gave it to me in high school because it, it really helped me continue to progress in life. He was like, you know, okay, you just got an interception. You made a touchdown after the interception. Awesome. Great job. Good play. Okay. What are you going to do next? What are you going to do the next play? You know what I mean? And so it's having this mindset of not getting complacent and not getting comfortable just because you succeeded in one thing. And so it's like that process is what's going to give you the grit and it's going to give you the motivation. It's going to give you the knowledge and the keys that you need in order to start a new endeavor and to keep pushing through. And so that's why the process is so important. And I feel like a lot of times we try to rush the process and we want things to just happen for us so quick and we skip the process and then we get aggravated and we get off track. And so it, and it's crazy. It's like, like in the last episode, you were talking about, you know, when you were. Oh, my God, you listen. Oh, yeah. Come on. Um, you were talking about where you, you teach. I think you were teaching over in was it Israel or something like that. You were teaching somewhere else. And in was, you were talking about calculus. And your mom, your parents were telling you that you should just give up on it. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Pre- yeah, that, that was in high school. That wasn't when I was teaching. That was in oh, high school. Okay. And they're okay. like, just give up. It's too hard. You don't need that stress. Right. <laughs> just give up. And so, like, that's the, that's the idea. That's the mindset that people get. They just want to give up when things get too hard. And you don't want to go through the process. But it's like, you, you can't give up. Because if you give up, then it's like, why, like, why did you even start? You know, what was the point of you even getting into it? Like, why stop now? And so we can't have that just give up mindset. You have to go through the process and and move on to the next thing. So for me, it was like, okay, you got a football scholarship. What next? Okay, you graduated your undergrad. What next? Okay, you got a master's degree. What next? And okay, now you develop a nice little following on your social media. Okay, what are you going to do next? You have to continue to keep moving because... I want what I'm doing in life to be a foundation that's going to be strong enough for the ones that's coming after me. And so okay, can I, can I, I'm sorry, I have to cut in here for one yeah. second because I actually have this note card on my desk. Uh, I was having a little bit of a rough week last week and then I turned my emo on and I'll like find some quotes. I like, and I just came across this quote and I was like, I have to fucking write it down. Okay. So it's by Brene Brown, you know, queen of vulnerability uh-huh. And it says, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will be someone else's survival guide. And this is, ex- I just feel like this is so relevant to exactly what you're saying because guys, behaviorally, I'll put it in there. What Trey is saying, and can I call you Trey? Cause your yeah, name says yeah. Trey, but you keep calling yourself Trayvon. So I'm just like, am I thinking we're closer than we are? I don't know. <laughs> I just want to like check in. Me Trey. <laughs> um, so... Just this idea you're saying, you know, like for your cousins, for your this, for your st- like students at your high school that you used to go to, it is imitation is so huge. And with targets and goals, I mean, I've even seen it within like our business. It's like, okay, if we could meet this once, we could do it again. If we could get this person to pass, we could do it again. Um, 
you know, someone's doing sales. It's like, dude, can we do a thousand dollars this day? If you do it, if you see one person, I know like my husband's in sales and they'd be like, I saw someone do it. Now I know I could do it. Right. It's like, and, and even when you look at these Olympic races, right, once someone breaks that mile time, it's done over and over and over. It's not. And so it takes one person going through. And I, I hope someone listening to this, because I'm finding you so motivational, it's lighting me up too, to just, if you're listening to this and you're studying or you're going through some challenge, look, what was Trey's knee, what was my fingers, is going to be someone else's something else. Like, Everyone has their shit, okay? Yep. No one gets out of life. What's the word? Skate free or scot free? Scot free or yeah. free, whatever. whatever it is. Every if you haven't gone through your shit yet, I hate to break it to you. It's coming. Everyone's gonna have their shit, and maybe someone else's shit looks like their cat dying. Okay, like oh, that, that might would be, be the worst thing in the world for me. Don't say that. <laughs> right. So. Everyone has their own shit. And I, I just think that we need to realize again, when you're in it, it sucks. And and when Trey tells his story now, it's coming from the other side. When I say mine, it's on the other side. But let me tell you, when I was in it, it sucked. And but and that thing you said about the process, I love it. Like that's actually the most reinforcing part of all of it. And if you could make yourself as hard as it is, reframe your thinking and enjoy a process, which is what we're trying to do with study notes, ABA, for example, like studying doesn't have to fucking suck, right? You could enjoy it. You could take pride in those notes. You could look at it because I think a lot of people actually reach their goal, right? And when they do, it's like, wah, 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 because the actual process itself to know what you did I'm more proud of what I did while studying or while getting through it than the actual end result of I've made it here. So I think that's really true to hopefully shift people's mindset of enjoying the process while you're in it because a lot of people, even after they study, are like, what now? <laughs> I've passed. Yep. I think. I have one um, thing I want to talk about. And I, 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 of course, I listen to everything, but... I want you to tell the story of the brave man game and I, I want you to talk about, you know, how it was in your childhood, but also what it meant to you as an adult, because I feel like that is fully how our team at SNABA is like embracing our team. And I just like, love it. So okay. you don't have to say it as fast as you did on TikTok, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. TikTok only gives you a minute. So you gotta, you gotta get it in quick. You were All good. Right. You were like musical. You, you <laughs> flowed really well. Yeah. So, um, so when I was a, when I was a kid, really young, so my cousins and I, uh, we had this game that we created, and it was, and we called it Brave Man. And so, what Brave Man consisted of, what it, what it was, was that we would go around the neighborhood and our neighbors' houses and everybody's yards, and we would do stuff that would be dangerous. That I'm pretty sure parents would not agree for their <laughs> jumping off cars and stuff. But we would just do crazy stuff. And another person would have to imitate it, right? And so basically the, the brave man was based off of who could do something that the rest of the group couldn't do. And so that would look like, you know, me getting on top of the hood of a car and doing a backflip off of it, right? And then 
the rest of my cousins, the other four cousins, they would have to do it. And whoever was either afraid to do it or couldn't couldn't do it, they would they would lose that round, right? And so you would win by everybody not being able to do it. And so that was the game. So we'd run around, we'd just do all this crazy stuff. But at the end of it, whoever the winner was, the winner had to teach every single person who couldn't do it how to do it, right? And like, you had to break it down. We had to explain like, oh, this is how you can start off by doing it. Maybe you should stand on the bucket and do it off the bucket first and then work your way up into the car. But like the- Differential reinforcement, shaping. Yeah. Yeah. And so you had to teach everybody in the group how to do it so that at the end of the day, we all could do a backflip off off the the hood of a car, right? And so that was like- This is the cutest game ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like about being the best. It was about like I get to teach you guys now. Yeah, and so it was like it started off about who's who's the best. But I feel like we were all pretty athletic and could do a lot of things. So the challenge kind of went on and on. But at the end of the challenge, we had to teach everybody how to do how to do it, and we didn't move on until everyone did it. And I reflected back on that like a couple months ago when I made that video that Casey's re- uh, referencing, and it just kind of taught me how like you know we we are surrounded by a lot of, a lot of friends, a lot of different adults. Like we, we have our groups of people who are very talented and have a lot of different uh, capabilities to do different things. And being around these different people, like you should be able to have a friend group or work with a group of people where everyone is bringing their specific talent or their, you know, whatever their expertise is should be bringing that information to the table and teaching each one of you how to do some of it or to share it with you, right? To at least give you some type of understanding of what it is that this person does. And by doing that, that's how you increase your your value and your worth within your friend group, right? Because I always ask myself, like, you know, what what kind of value am I bringing to my friend group? What kind of value is my friend, friend group bringing to me? And so, you know, all you BCBA people, like you're around the same people who are studying the same thing, but I'm pretty sure each and every one of you have different outlooks on the information or different study techniques or whatever. And so it's like, what value are you going to bring to your group of people that you're around and, and show them your techniques? And you all can just put that in a pot and, and blend it together and everyone can have a piece of everything, right? So at the end of the day, I can understand how Casey studies and how she understands it, even though that may not be the way that I'll approach it, but I have that background knowledge of maybe I can try Casey's way to see if it works his way. You know what I mean? And then I can give Casey my outlook on how I study or, or what I do to get the information or whatever. And so it's just it's just bringing value to each other. And I And I reflect back on that game because it makes me think about my adult life of like, how are we bringing value to each other? How are we bringing our talents and our expertise to the table in order to help each other grow, right? So, yeah. Because we can go further together. And yeah. as our team at Study Notes has been growing, Liat and I were actually talking about doing a podcast the other day, just the two of us, just on skills that you have in your repertoire and skills you don't. And the fact that you might not have skills in your repertoire repertoire and the other person does and you talked about this in the video too like you start comparing yourself that you're not good enough right like this person you know so we've we've been reflecting and really kind of diving in deep into what skills that liat and i have and what skills we don't and being honest and open about the other day we we realized we're like because in this field you're around a lot of bcbas who are type a super organized i mean can excel their entire life literally like in excel and Excel, um, both. Um, and I'm like asking how I could do it. Like, okay, how do I do this? This, And then I'm just like, 
dude, this is not fucking me. All right. Mm -hmm. I got other strengths. Like Casey and I eventually were like, dude, we don't know how to do this. Like, this is not us. Like we don't work like this. Like someone was setting us like an organization, like a template. Like it's basically been Liat and I running this whole business for like the last year. And so, and now you have a team and like, you need to know how to work with the team. And and I want to be organized like that, but I realized it's like, use other people's strengths then for that because like my brain just doesn't work like that. And trying to fit that like square peg in the round hole is what I think we were trying to do. And it's just like, no, just uh, they have that strength. Wonderful. Add it to the pot, spin it all up. Try to teach me a little, but you know, it might not be, I might, might not be the best at it, but I can bring this to the table. And then like, and that's how Snava is. We have the best team ever of people that all have different skill sets that just, really just are are so needed, right? If you want to increase value, you want to grow, you want to, you know, serve a greater purpose and continue to do amazing things for people. You have to have people that are going to build you up, that are going to bring value. They're going to bring something different than you have. You can't have all this. If we had all Casey's, it wouldn't be the same. If we had all the odds, it wouldn't be the same. Right. Right. So, and that's the same thing with Liat and I, we are very different people. We bring very different things to the table, um, but it works. Right. And You know, I know, you know, when you work with someone for a while and you like, you end up knowing their strengths and their weaknesses, and it's not something to like put them down for or anything. It's to understand and come from a place of understanding versus the place of judgment. Right. Yep. yep. So I think that's huge. And I love what you had said. You said, come from a place of, what was it? You said, um, of knowledge, not of understanding, right. Mm. Not knowing. Yeah. Like you don't have to know it's understanding. Right. Exactly. Because if you, and and thinking about that, like if you have an understanding of how someone operates, instead of just going off of what you know, you're more likely to make better decisions on how to react to certain things or how to operate in certain situations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I could just, you know, for example, if, you know, Liat does something that gets on my nerves and I just know that she's, you know what I mean? She's just being who she is, but like, I don't have an understanding of why she does what she does. Maybe it's a family value. Maybe that's just how, you know, she was raised. Like maybe she goes home and she puts her feet up on the couch and leaves her shoes on. And like that might aggravate me. <laughs> Mom hates that. I agree. How annoying is that? Right. Annoying. But and when someone sits on your bed, like after they've been on like public transportation or something, or like don't change their clothes after a flight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, like, <laughs> Being able to understand, like now, if I sat down with the uh, and I talked to her about, you know, her her family values and like how she was raised, and if that was something that she mentioned of how her family operates when they go home, or maybe they don't eat dinner at the dinner table or whatever, like that, you know, what I mean, having that understanding when she does it, instead of me just getting upset and getting mad right away and thinking that she's just doing it to be rude, I have an understanding of why she does what she does, and so now that I'm operating from understanding, I'm slower to get mad. And I have a better chance of making a better decision on how to approach that. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that has a lot to do with what I'm hearing and is especially in this field, right? Um, Being, you know, we have an ethics code we have to follow, but it doesn't really address different cultures, right? So you have to, as a BCBA, you have to go in and you need to pair. We talked about this, Trey, right? Even when you go to like a sports team that you're going to talk to, you're not just going to go in and just be like, boom, 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 boom. You're going to get to know what they want, right? What they want from you, what their needs are. Um, and just like this thing. Also, it's the understanding. Like 
don't just assume that because you eat dinner every night at six o'clock with your family, that the family that you're working with has to do that too, right? Don't input your values onto other people. You need to understand and come from that pairing. Like, I'm going to get to know you. I want to understand you. Mm -hmm. Tell me. And, and then we can work together, right? Exactly. It's not just coming from like, oh, I already know. I know that I can do this. So I'm going to give them what I know because I'm a BCBA and I can just BCBA the shit out of them. No, exactly. you can't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I love that. And the last thing I want to talk about is, um, okay. So I wanted to call out the student. So I shared, um, I've shared a few times about like stuff that you do. And um, I shared yesterday, like recording with Trayvon, I can't wait. And she doesn't know this, but her name's Sarah Price. So Sarah, if you're listening, she wrote, she goes, oh my God, I'm his biggest fan. And I was like, you are? Oh my God. Like, he's amazing. And I was like, oh, he's actually, you know, he interned at the place I worked with. And she was like, okay, Casey, I have been jealous of your job with Behavior Bitches and your job at Snava. But that is the, the dream to work with Dreamon. <laughs> I was like, this is so sweet. But she had one question for you. And, you know, she just wants to know, um, kind of, can you give your morning routine or your, you know, way you start your day and how you created that habit? And just, she's feeling in a rut and just like, she's like, what does Trey do in the morning? Ask him. I'm like, okay. So, um, so what I do is I normally, I set my alarm clock 5.30 AM every morning. Um, sometimes I don't get up exactly at 5.30, but my alarm goes off at 5.30. Um, I'm up at least by six moving around. Um, I start my workout. My workout is at least an hour to an hour 15. Um, Has your knee healed? Sorry. Oh, yeah. My knee is completely healed. I'm doing things that I've never. Okay. I need, yeah, Trey, I need Liat to just take a moment and (laughs) after this and go look at your Instagram at his calisthenics and ninja warrior back flips. (laughs) Today you were Jackie Chan in the backyard. I was like, he flips around. I don't even know how you do that. Like, it's like your body doesn't weigh anything. It's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. I want you to get back to it, but I, I'm really good at interrupting. That's one of my skills in my repertoire. <laughs> was football still out the window, even though you have recovered? So it, it wasn't still out the window. Like I still have the opportunity to, to I have the opportunity to come back and play a full season and, and still compete. But because of the, the severity of the injury, it, it would have taken more than a year for me to get back to being the high caliber athlete that I was before. Um, to really showcase my talent. I think that walking into um, a combine, I would have, I would have just been lacking just a little bit. Um, Cause I mean, they, they replaced my, my patella tendon with my hamstring. So I'm losing a, you know, huge chunk of muscle for my hamstring that was replaced for my patella tendon. And like, you know, I built up enough strength to come back and play, but it, it I just never got back to being the high caliber athlete that I was. It's the- that competitive. It's like, you can't be missing a little bit of hamstring. Yeah, like you got to be on point. And and literally like I before I was so much stronger, I was so much faster and it was just I needed more time. And it was kind of crazy because after I made a decision to not go into a combine and showcase my talent, you know, it was probably a couple of months after that that I continued to keep training and I saw like my strength and my speed coming back and like the way that I moved, my, you know, flexibility, like all that stuff started to come back in it. And I just realized like I needed way more time than what I had. And so yeah. I just had to make that decision to just, you know, move on and and realize that, you know, there are so many people in this world that don't put on a helmet and shoulder pads and are successful and still, you know, make a lot of money and make stuff happen and make changes mm-hmm. to the family. And so um, that's the mindset that I had to adopt to to move forward after swallowing that pill of, you know, moving on and not 
and not at least attempting to even go and showcase right. my talent, you know? And so and now you do all your workouts, body weight only, or make maybe a band, right? Yeah, and you're, you look like you lift and you're, you're cut and you know, everything. And like, but if you follow and I, it's so motivational to me to see you like doing all these really cool workouts. Cause you're not just working out for that. Like, like, Oh, I have to go do my 30 minutes. Right. Like right, it yep. is inspiring. You are in it. You are talking to yourself. You are like, it's like, you're giving a motivational speaking talk while you're working out. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, like I was on, like, I was doing a spin class today. Um, on my bike. And that's how I feel when I'm doing the Peloton. Like I'm not just doing the workout cause I want to get it over with. Right. I'm on that bike dancing. I'm like singing Beyonce at the top of my right. lungs. Yep. I'm jamming out. And like, I just like, I was channeling you today. I was like, all right, like just, yeah. just let loose, Definitely. like let your freak flag fly. Like no one's <laughs> watching me. Like, but it's Gotta so, it's enjoy. just amazing. Gotta enjoy it. Why it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you work out and then what? Yep, I work out. yep. So I work out and then after I work out, I make me a quick little breakfast or not little breakfast, pretty big breakfast. Yeah, you eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I eat around about nine, 980 to a thousand calories for breakfast. Um, so I eat a big breakfast and Same. then I get, tra- <laughs> <laughs> but I it's get- like, it's like mini M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so I, get, I get dressed and then after I get dressed, I always read my quote. Um, I embrace me and that's why I'm free, which is uh, the quote that's on my shirt, on my brand, talking with Trey. Um, that quote is everything to me. I embrace me and that's why I'm free. Uh, I, I read that quote to myself in the mirror. And I also read my three, um, I call it my three gratitudes or whatever. And my first one is, you know, thank, I'm thankful for being uh, to, to wake up this morning to see another day. The second one is, um, as I stated before, um, don't be mad at the results you get for not um, that you get for not putting in. Um, and then the third one is be who you say you are. And so that just holds myself accountable to be who I say that I am every single day and to not be, you know, seasonal or be one day, you know, I'm mm-hmm. motivational Trayvon the next day I'm, you know, poor and victim. That. And yeah, you know what I mean? So just be yeah. who you say you are every single day, no matter the circumstances. And, um, and so I read those. And then after that, uh, I, I put on music. I put on music and I, you know, walk around. I dance a little bit to just kind of loosen up the day and, and I get going. That's kind of my morning routine. And um, yeah, that's just what I do I every single day. And yeah, you just got to. Okay, what is your, if you had to pick mm-hmm. your number one song to pump you up or motivate you? Or if that's two different things, but ooh, ooh. Uh, what's your go to? So I listen to a lot of Afro and reggae music. Mm-hmm. Um, so. My favorite, so my favorite song that I get, and it's not really like a pump up. It's more so of like a like a, a groove type mm-hmm. feel good dance song. Um, so it's it's his name is Wizkid, right? So he's an African musician. Uh, Wizkid is his new album that just came off, and the song is called Grace. It's called Grace. Um, and writing it down. Yeah, it's so like I don't know. It's just to me, it's so smooth and. It's just, I don't know, it just gives you that, like, that island vibe a little bit. And it just kind of, like, puts me in a mindset. Like, it just makes me feel cool. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go in the mirror and I'll take my jacket. I'll, you know, make my jacket tight. And, like, I'll just be feeling myself listening to that song. So, yeah, <laughs> That's I why think- I did the rhyme today. <laughs> I, I, I just, for some reason, 
didn't plan this, but I knew that you probably go in the morning, you got to like show up. Right. And like, if you look good, you feel good. If you like, you know, put your shit together and like, look at yourself in the mirror. Like, that's why I said 79, look in the mirror and say, damn, I'm fine. Like you gotta, you know, it's not fake it till you make it, but you've got to lift yourself up and give yourself positive affirmations instead of putting yourself down that you're not good enough. Right. right. You cannot exactly. start your day like that. Cause that's the energy you're going to put out to other people. And exactly. that's the energy you're going to receive. Exactly. It's that law of attraction. You need to say, I am good. Like my, my nephew, I homeschool him twice a week. And our mantra every morning is I am great. I'm going to do great because life is great. And like, he, I make him say it back and like my sister does it with him. And it seems to have some impact. Right. Yep. And like, and yep. then I'm like, and if he's feeling, starting to feel down, I'm like, you are great. And he's like, all right. And like, <laughs> just, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just like, just say it. Right. So that's so important. Exactly. Got to say it. Positive self-talk. All right. So whiz kid grace. I'm adding that to me, to my list, my Alexa. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to go out there and <laughs> be jamming to whiz kid. <laughs> no fear on my race. Run my race. Trayvon also has some like really cool, um, like he said, the, I embrace me and that's why I am free. Mm-hmm. Um, so I added that in your Instagram and I'm going to order one cause I need one. Um, cause I just need to like, I think if I put it on, I'll be like, I'm like Trey today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you Trey so much for coming on and sharing your story and just being such a light in this shitty world we're kind of all living in right now. And yep. you're, you know, you never, you just always stay positive, but real. Um, and, and I like how it's not just these like mentalistic, like uh, thoughts. You always have action items. You always like say things that you can do, um, to bring value to, you always have like really good, these little nuggets that I'm like, oh, okay, that's what, you know, I needed that. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, and then as far as anyone who, uh, had any questions or, or thought about my brand or my quote, I embrace me. That's why I'm free. Um, as Casey said, the link is in my Instagram bio. Um, mm-hmm. if you did want to check it out, see what it looks like, purchase or whatever. Um, and then last thing that I just want to say to anyone listening, um, to all my BCBA peeps out there, um, is there anything in this world that you want to do and you've never done it before? Um, it's not that you can't do it. It's just that you haven't done it enough. So it's not that you it. can't do it. It's just you haven't done it enough. So just keep trying, keep doing it until you get it. Mm-hmm. My heart. That's so <laughs> true. I love it. Woo! I'm feeling motivated. Me too. Awesome. I can't stop smiling. I love it. Guys, I hope you feel motivated. I think we need some more of these podcasts coming in here. We could do some behavioral principles with a huge pile of motivation mixed in. So... Trey, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed meeting you. Thank I, you so I see. I see what all the hype was now that you came on. <laughs> it's like you're gonna, you're gonna love it. I'm like, all right. And then I loved it. So <laughs> thank you. Cool. Um, guys, you know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast behaviorbitches.com or you can support us on our patreon.com slash behaviorbitchespodcast and as always love ya mean it hey guys it's Liat 
and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard, because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who help us get started. He records our shows, he posts them, he adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes, he does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work, it doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 